This is Shayla Adam Stafford, and you're listening to PBL in Practice. Thank you for tuning in to another week of Project-Based Learning in Practice, a weekly broadcast where we talk with top leaders in project-based learning to discover best practices, share successes and failures, and really just to learn from each other. My name is Shayla Adam Stafford, and I've been an educator for the past 10 years, focusing specifically on project-based learning. I am an instructional coach in Washington, D.C., and a member of the National Faculty of Buck Institute, also founder of Remix Education, a nonprofit that serves first-generation college-bound students. But enough about me, let's jump into our next guest. Joining us today is Dr. Kelvin Bullitt. He's the Executive Director for Equity Affairs for Durham Public Schools. Dr. Bullock has been an educator for the past 13 years and has served as a high school social studies teacher and social studies curriculum specialist. He is a graduate of UNC Chapel Hill and NC State University, where he received his PhD in curriculum and instruction. Hey, Kelvin, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Shayla. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for calling in. I'm really excited to jump into our interview. Kelvin and I talked together many years ago back at Hillside New Tech in Durham, North Carolina, and uh, he is a witness to my early teaching days. (laughs) Oh, yes. Uh, Oh, yes. (laughs) And some of the struggles I encountered. So, And and some of the successes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we'll highlight the successes. <laughs> um, but Kelvin, just we just heard a little bit about your background, but what else should our listeners know about you? Yeah, so um, the, I think one of the most one of the most important things to me right now is my current work with Equity Affairs and uh, in Durham Public Schools. What we've seen is. We of the largest 10 districts across the state of North Carolina, we by far have the highest proportion of students of color with over 80 percent of our students um, being students of color. And but at the same time, we see some some challenges as far as how well students are faring on end of course and end of grade tests, um, particularly mm-hmm. black and Latino students. And so um, one of the things that I I'm really passionate about is the successes I've seen with project-based learning as a tool that has been very successful with it in at Hillside New Tech to name a school in particular, um, which predominantly serves black and brown kids. And mm-hmm. so, so I'm, I'm, I'm very passionate about project-based learning. I'm very passionate about culturally relevant pedagogy and really think there's a seamless fit between the two that can be very effective um, with our students of color. Well, I mean, you know, I I love that, and I can hear the passion that you have for using PBL as a tool for equity. And equity is like this, you know, educational buzzword right now. Yeah. Everyone thinking about, you know, how do we make education more equitable for all students? And so talk to us a little bit more about your work and, and how do you envision PBL being used as a tool for equity? especially in a district like um, Durham Public Schools? Well, I mean, one of the things that um, that we see with project-based learning is, one, is very student-centered. And so you build your projects, you, you think of your project ideas with your students in mind, and you think of your students' interests and 
And so very often when we try to bring like a kind of a generalized curriculum and bring it to students of color, that can often be a cultural mismatch. But when you're developing okay. projects and you're thinking about the students that you're serving as you're crafting the project ideas and you're thinking about issues that will resonate with them as you're crafting those ideas, then they're inherently in the fabric of what you're creating. And there's going to mm -hmm. be more of a connection there when you're beginning with the kids in mind. And so, so that's one of the ways that I see project-based learning as uh, a helpful instructional tool to resonate with all students. Yeah, and and I guess when we think about making projects that are culturally relevant and thinking about the students we serve, what what to you really embodies culturally relevant pedagogy? Because I've seen some projects that were quote unquote culturally relevant, but they were very yeah. like stereotypical. Like they yeah. were playing into societal stereotypes about kids. And I'm like, I really don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So um so there are three tenets of culturally relevant pedagogy that I use from Gloria Lassen Billings that that I often emphasize with educators. And the first is uh, self determination for students, which in my my understanding of it is giving kids some voice and choice in what their education looks like. It's, it's about empowering the students, recognizing them as leaders, and really hearing from the students about, you know, about instructional methods that might resonate best with them or ways of displaying their knowledge that will connect best with their interests and their strengths. So... Right. It, as we do that, you know, again, it's really about hearing from the students. And so if we're if our starting point is listening to the students and not necessarily um, placing an idea or, you know, well, if this group of students is mostly black, then this method is going to work. No, it's still about listening right. to the kid, to the students first and and then creating projects that reflect their interests. Same thing. Right. I always t always talking about. I always talk about um, honoring and respecting students' home cultures. Again, right. getting to know you know what's valued in their homes, the skills, the ideas that they're bringing that we can build upon. You know, right. again, that's it's about hearing from them first and then um, responding to that with our instructional strategies. And the third thing is um is equipping well helping students understand the world as it is and equipping them with the tools to change it for the better so as we're talking about black and brown communities we can see in a number of different systems there can be certain challenges that black and brown people face that can mm -hmm. be unique to those communities and and you know it's about acknowledging that there may be some disparities and outcomes for different groups you know acknowledging mm -hmm. those and thinking about how do we close those disparities? How do we, what can we do to create a more uh, level playing field for different groups? And so, mm -hmm. you know, as we do those things, I, I think, I, I think that can get us away from the stereotyping that can sometimes occur when we're thinking of culturally relevant pedagogy. Like, you know, we're going to play Tupac in class and it's just going to resonate with everybody. Probably Absolutely. not in 2018. I you know, yeah, yeah, no, and there is, a, 
I agree with you on so many levels. And um, thank you for that, because I think that provides us with a framework of thinking about, okay, where do I start? I want to be culturally relevant. I want to make sure that I'm connecting with our students. And the key is just really starting with your students. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, so when when you first got into project-based learning, um, tell me a little bit about your PBL journey. How did you get to where you are today? Um, yeah, just give us a little bit about that story. Well, I was introduced to it um, through Hillside New Tech. Uh, that was that was the first time I had heard about project-based learning, and I was a part of the the start the staff that started Hillside New Tech. So we did a lot of professional development through what at the time was the New Tech New Tech Foundation or New Technology mm-hmm. Foundation, I think it was, and um, which became the New Tech Network. But mm-hmm. um, so. So, yeah, we went through extensive professional development to learn about project-based learning, how to craft a project, how to develop your driving question. Um, And so that was my initiation to it. And then I, since then, I never really let go of that concept (laughs) of essentially to me, I mean, authentic assessments, like making sure what we do in class is real and and has some sort of connection to real life. So Absolutely. I feel like once you start doing PBL, it's very, very difficult to go back to traditional teaching. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so given all that, what do you feel like is your PBL superpower? Well, I mean, I've, I don't know if it's a superpower, but, you know, so, <laughs> something I feel that I, I really try to do is what I've been emphasizing thus far, and that's culturally relevant pedagogy. Like, mm-hmm. so a, as I'm crafting projects, as I'm, working with teachers to develop their project ideas, really making sure that there is the culturally relevant or culturally responsive element to the project. And um, I've seen the power of that. Um, I've seen it in my classroom. Shayla, I saw it in your classroom. And, (laughs) and, and I mean, it, it really, it really has the power to not only, um, you know, make a project itself engaging, but it has the potential to, you know, impact communities as, as yeah. because in project based learning, you want to bring the community into the project. And but yeah. what better way to do it than in a way that's going to authentically engage kids in things going on in their city or in their town, you know, um, to address real issues that that they can share their voice in. And so to, to me, that's, if I had a PBL superpower, that, that would be it. Okay. (laughs) Well, tell us a little bit about that superpower in action. Do you have a specific story or a breakthrough PBL moment um, that really just allowed you to say, okay, wow, that is why we're doing this. (laughs) Yeah. So um, a a couple of moments, um, so, well, I, I'll say for me personally in, in my classroom, a breakthrough PBL moment was when I had the students doing a project on um, like credit and personal financial literacy. And, you know, they were really trying to grasp these concepts of, you know, how to how to navigate you know, this world, once they were seniors in high school, there were, some of them were about to go off to college. 
and just really thinking through that process of how to manage finances after high school. So um, I had them do projects where they had to share financial advice and give some critiques and um, some positives and negatives about, you know, different um, different aspects of debt management or whatever. And so, but at the time um, with the students that I had, you know, the arts were the best way I felt were the best way to do this. So, you know, so we did some music, we, we put some songs together, we kind of crafted like a, a mixtape of sorts. But, mm-hmm. um, and I laugh because in some ways I feel like that kind of buys into some stereotypes, but no, mm-hmm. it, it really, it really turned out well because the content was so thorough and mm-hmm. like the kids, you could, I could tell by the lyrics that the kids really understood um, just how they should go about navigating the world of credit, for example, once they Mm -hmm. were out of school. And Mm -hmm. once they had those opportunities to have credit cards, like what were the pros and cons of using credit? And, you know, so, Mm -hmm. and, and I saw that I felt pretty much across the board with my students that those were concepts that they really grasped and understood and were going to be useful to them once they graduated from high school. And to me, that that's the, that's the main thing. Like I want the work to not just be important while they're in my class, but you know, as adults that they walk away with something that that's useful and is going to benefit them in life. So that was a breakthrough moment for me. Okay. What do you feel has been your most challenging PBL moment? I mean, so again, that's a success story, but there have been a number of challenges. Uh, you know, it's, there have been times where I've been in the middle of a project and I'm like, what in the world is going on? You know, uh, <laughs> what was I thinking? You know, did, did I not connect this well with, with students or whatever? I, I think, I think one of the things that I learned through um, implementing PBL, again, is going back to the need to connect things as much as possible on a local level versus mm-hmm. versus trying to, like, because, you know, with PBL, we talk about entry documents and trying to connect things to real businesses and real jobs. And mm-hmm. that's great, but sometimes I'd go for something that had like a national connection or a national business that had like lacked a connection locally and it, the relevance, I struggle with the relevance of those projects if I wasn't able to really connect the students to like those businesses. So I could have used some of those same concepts and just researched local businesses that would have been, um, would have been more relevant and accessible to actually engage the community in the project. Um, so, yeah. so I, I don't know, to give an example, like I, I might've had a project that was um, talking about, you know, you're going to write a movie script for universal studios. Okay. Universal studios isn't in Durham, but you do yeah. have like local groups, actor, act, you know, acting troops, theaters, you know, that yeah. do do that type of work. And or you may have the theater right there in your school. Like and how do you you know, it's 
Right. I just there were different ways to engage um, relevant audiences for that, and sometimes I felt like I I, I kind of missed the relevance trying to you know shoot for some Make big idea that I thought might have connected with the kids, but right. probably right. didn't. Right. So I hear you saying a couple of things that you know having for your success having something that was personally authentic to the students made that project successful. And, you know, they're using, you know, music and, and, and using the arts, um, but the project isn't based on the arts, it's based on the content. Um, yes. And the content is really what drives it. Um, instead of saying, I'm doing this because this group of students likes this type of music, it's more like this is a vehicle by which you can use to deliver this really specific content. Yeah. Um, and then I hear you saying with the challenging aspect is that you know you know in trying to make something authentic start local you know yeah 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 definitely yeah um so just what are some tips that you have for pbo practitioners really just specifically related to your area of focus yeah and and again my background was i was a social studies teacher so um with that um again that that may be where my thoughts are coming from as far as thinking locally because that mm-hmm. as far as social studies or the humanities or i mean really any subject area you can think locally about how your content connects with your community and mm-hmm. i mean really as far as my advice um that's that's one of my main um tidbits of advice to really look at your community get to know um what's going on in your city um, politically or, you know, with economics, we, you know, it's health wise, it's all types of different real life avenues that can be explored in a city. And I think sometimes we, we're not aware because, it, and the truth is, I mean, as educators, you know, we're already stretched all over the place as it is. Yeah. And, so, and sometimes mm-hmm. it can be, it can be a challenge to really um, to really research and be immersed in what's going on in the community. So, but, mm-hmm. but I, I would challenge people to, you know, really dig a little deeper and do some research and what's going on locally, because that's where the greatest potential is for engaging the community and the projects and making them more relevant for the students. Absolutely. Absolutely. So are there any specific tips or organizational tools that have really helped you that you want to pass along to other PBL practitioners? Let's see. Um, or any, even I, any tech tools that you've used. Uh, excuse me, repeat that. Any? I said, or any, even any tech tools that you've used. Okay. Um, so, uh, I, well, so these days when I'm like, creating projects or lessons i i mean one of my go-tos with equity is teaching tolerance um which you can be found at tolerance.org it's just a great resource for anyone trying to engage their students in social issues and and i and Mm -hmm. i believe we as educators have a responsibility to you know let our students to engage in the social issues of the day and to think through you know how we create um, a more just society. And so right. that, that that's, 
that's the first place that my mind kind of goes. And I feel like that there's just a wealth of resources there. Um, the other thing I was going to say very quickly about a project breakthrough is the, actually the first project I did in PBL, I engaged the school board and I had school board members. Talk to us about that. So I, I had, oh, wow. I had school board members come in and to evaluate the project that kids did. Now I was doing an elective at the time, but there was a standard in the elect or there was a, a, some standards and objectives in the elective specifically about education in North Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. And so students, you know, did some projects on what a model school should be or what an ideal school would look like. And so I had school board members to come in and evaluate those projects. Oh, wow. And, and oh, again, it, it went very well. I mean, and, and see, and again, that, that just connects to other issues about how we engage the community. I mean, school board members are, they, they would love to come out and see what's going on in our schools, but how often do we connect the content in schools to really the political body that makes the decisions for the school system? So, mm-hmm. um, so again, I mean, that's just another idea, but I guess that's an idea of someone that anyone could reach out to that will yeah. be interested and ready to be involved in the projects that we're doing in our schools. Absolutely. So practitioners, all of us out there, tap into the school board, tap into mm-hmm. your local elected officials. That is what they're there to do. And, yeah. you know, to hear from the people. <laughs> yeah. The people are the students. Yeah. Yeah. They are, our, they are our most valuable and very often our most insightful resource. So uh, we really should be listening to the kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Kelvin, for taking some time just to chat with us about your experiences. How can our listeners keep in touch with you after the podcast? Well, you can follow me at DPS underscore equity on Twitter or at DKelvinB on Twitter. Um, So the DPS is my Durham Public Schools equity page. And then my personal is at DKelvinB on Twitter. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you again. We really appreciated having you and have a great rest of your week. All right. Thanks. You too. Thank you so much for tuning in to another week of project-based learning and practice. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, leave a review, like, retweet, all of that good stuff. Have a great week.